So in some situations, youth have to seek out safe place, not because there is any kind of abuse or neglect in the home, um, just because it might be just a homeless situation. Um, in one instance, we had a loving parent and youth that were just down on their luck and the parent has just recently been released from being in prison for a um, amount of years and wasn't able to get shelter on their own. And so because of the record and everything, they weren't able just to go get an apartment for their family. And so um, the parent became homeless, which um, also made the youth homeless. So the youth had been going to school and asking friends like, hey, you know, can I stay with you? You know, I don't want to change schools. I don't want to, you know, move out of my comfort zone because of what's going on in my life. And so asking friends, family, coaches, and just kind of going from person to person asking, you know, if he can just have somewhere to lay his head at night um, was the biggest situation. And it came to them staying with uh, a friend. And in that situation, they were living with their friend and the parents of this friend um, tried to hurt him and not just hurt him, but like literally tried to kill him. Children in every community are in need of a safety net. One that makes it possible for youth to get help and get help fast when they're in trouble. Safe Place is a national program that provides immediate help and safety for young people in crisis. And it's locally administered by ACH in Tarrant County. Back to the story you're hearing. It was lucky that school counselors recognized this kid was in trouble and needed help. And we're thankful he was brought to ACH. Stories like this one are not an every once in a while kind of thing. That's what we're hoping to explain in this episode about Safe Place. The youth that Safe Place serves are 10 to 17 years old, so you won't hear stories directly from them because they're minors. This time, the stories will be brought to you by the people who help them. Know ahead of time that not every story has a satisfying ending, but it's still important to share with you the reality of our community while showing you what's being done to make sure our kids are safe and cared for. For more than a century, ACH Child and Family Services has put our children's safety first, leading the way in child welfare by creating community programs, working hand-in-hand -hand with state and local government, and much more. I'm Austin Proctor, and this is Community Conversations, a podcast by ACH Child and Family Services about the issues our community endures in the face of child abuse. In each episode, the youth, families, and staff at ACH share their stories to illustrate the impact of child abuse in and around Fort Worth. Join the discussion as we evaluate the current state of child welfare in our community and the work being done to combat the residual effects of childhood trauma. Because of things that they had going on and because he felt there was no way out of this situation, you know, from the parent, his parent being homeless and dealing with everything going on and all these different transitions when he got out of that. He felt the only way that he could find freedom or some kind of resolve for it was to try to take his own life. This is TJ Wright, Safe Place Coordinator with ACH, telling you the story about a teen in need of a safe place. You might remember TJ from the Safe Place minisode when he interviewed with producer Kristen Victorin. You'll be hearing stories from TJ and more of our staff who work to build a strong continuum of care for the youth we serve. 
in that moment when you're in those places, it's kind of hard to deal with because you're a youth and you have all these things that are going well. And it's just you want to be here because your mom is supportive and you're dealing with all these things and having that notion that just because the situation is bad and my mom is here and not able to help the both of us, the only way that I can help her is by taking me out. So it was very hard to deal with. Um, of course, we were able to get him services and um, working with his counseling team, who's the one that initially called ACH to be able to get help. We were able to come in and just really work with the family. He was very nervous, very apprehensive about coming to a shelter because um, he felt like CPS was going to get involved and they were going to take him from his mom. And um, the biggest thing was like, oh, you know, she's not a bad mom. She's not a bad parent. You know, we're just homeless right now. We don't have anywhere to go. And people look at us as if we don't have anywhere to go because of her past and things like that. So just a lot of unraveling to this situation. He just was really a lot of fear of coming into somewhere else. But um, we worked tirelessly just to work with the team at his school, as well as the staff at the shelter to be able to just really bring everyone at ease about the situation. So how do kids like this teen recognize a safe place site if they don't have someone to help them find it? Certified safe place sites are usually public libraries, fire stations, police stations, quick trips, but they could be a business, YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, and more. You'll know it's a safe place site when you see this giant yellow and black diamond-shaped sign out front that says safe place. Our staff also help get the word out there about this resource through community outreach. We caught up with our Youth Emergency Shelter's clinical manager, Sharon So, to tell us more about that. My shelter outreach coordinator, Jay Hall, and TJ work very close together, um, and they go to fairs, they go to community fairs, and they um, really work to expand the knowledge of Safe Place and the shelter as a resource um, for our community. And so Jay actually goes around to um, different school districts and speaks or and talks to a lot of homeless liaisons, a lot of school counselors, a lot of organizations in the community to raise awareness of the shelters here in Fort Worth to um, be utilized as a resource for families who are experiencing homelessness or about to um, experience that or have family conflict. Now I can say that they're both in better situations and working towards um, getting back together and I believe the parent is working with another organization to be able to get housing so they both will be able to live together and kind of work towards those goals together and just being a family again. This is just one of many, many examples of a child finding safety at our shelter with the help of Safe Place. At ACH, it's important that when it comes to helping a child in need of services, all bases are covered from when they first come into our care and even after they leave. That means more than one ACH program will often feed into the child's care. Like with this case, the teen initially sought help through Safe Place, but the help he received didn't end there. He still needed a place to live. That's where Sharon's team at the Youth Emergency Shelter joins the picture. Here at ACH, staff often refer to it as the shelter. It's the only shelter in Tarrant County that offers safety and care to youth ages 10 to 17 who are runaways, homeless, or are at risk of sexual exploitation or trafficking. We get a lot of our community placements through Safe Place. 
TJ and I work closely together to make sure that intake process is um, very smooth um, and it's not anxiety-ridden for the child and that they fully know what they're going into. We explain the rules and kind of how everything works at the shelter. Um, and so that's kind of how we collaborate to make sure that safe place intakes um, come into the shelter successfully. Because our role and our job as the shelter for our community placements is to prevent them from coming into care. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be able to make sure that they stay in the home or we find an alternative placement so that they're able to maintain a family and not be separated by coming into foster care. Jay, um, who is our outreach coordinator for the youth emergency shelter, she follows up with any youth that come in and out of the shelter. So she works really, really hard of getting back in contact with the families, with the youth to make sure that they're fine. If they're still needing services, she connects them with that. Seeing, you know, I believe she does a 30, 60 and 90 day follow up with each of the families and the youth that come through. So um, that is something that I feel like is very important. Um, just to let the youth and the families know that you're still supported even once you leave us and that if you need to come back, you can. Or we need to try and look at a new kind of service plan or ideas to help you and your family because, you know, everything doesn't fit for everyone. So we can um, suggest one service, but if it doesn't fit for that family or that youth, then we have to reevaluate what's the best way to help them through this situation. The point of Safe Place is to provide help and safety to youth who need it around the clock. A crisis could happen at any time of the day, which is why our crisis intervention and family services programs work together to build a network of support. Staff from three different programs are on call to respond to kids who have found a Safe Place site and need immediate help. Say, for example, a child who needs help sees a Safe Place sign outside a quick trip and walks in. Quick Trip staff are trained to call our staff to let them know they are needed, and needed now. That goes for all 250 Safe Place certified sites in Tarrant County. While the kids wait for our staff, they're offered something to drink and snack on until help arrives. Our AIRS program, AIRS stands for Assessment, Intervention, and Referral Service, is ACH's 24-7 hotline. Their job is to connect people who call ACH to the resources they need. They are one of three ACH programs on call that respond to the Safe Place sites to meet the child. Real Help for Real Life offers counseling and skill building classes for kids and families in Tarrant and surrounding counties. Those counselors also respond to Safe Place calls. And then, of course, our Safe Place coordinator, TJ, will respond to calls too. I've worked at ACH for a few years now. When I was the supervisor at the shelter, the Safe Place Coordinator was Angela Lewis. So your former Safe Place Coordinator, Forever Safe Place Expert. Oh, thank you. I like that title. <laughs> <laughs> I worked with you exclusively yes. when I was at the shelter. Yeah, uh, we teamed up quite a few times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she works in our training department now, teaching all kinds of essential training to staff across the agency. We invited her on because... There's no way to do a Safe Place episode without her abundance of Safe Place stories and experience. Do you miss it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there are definitely components of the job that I miss, mostly working with the kids and being out in the community, educating everyone on the importance of Safe Place. Sure. So uh, to me, it was always important to stay involved in the program um, and to stay in touch with the kids that came through the Safe Place program. Um, and 
make sure that they felt comfortable, that they were getting what they needed, and also to follow up with them after they left uh, our emergency youth shelter. Yeah. I remember you were constantly at the at the shelter. Yes, I, yeah, yes, definitely. In some cases, kids who don't feel safe in their own home seek out a safe place. Sometimes they need an immediate, safe, and temporary placement, which they can eventually find at ACH's youth emergency shelter. But that initial responder is so important, that caretaker who's the first one to help them address their crisis. The Safe Place program allows ACH's staff to be that person for the kids. Uh, There was one particular young lady. Um, She came in through the Safe Place program. A counselor from her school brought her in, and um, she was afraid to go home. Um, And we found out later that she was living with her mom's ex-boyfriend and his other two kids that she had basically been raising. She got to me because she had basically had enough of the grooming, if you will, uh, that the boyfriend was doing to her. It seems like he was grooming her to become maybe his next wife uh, because she had been taking care of his kids and he was, you know, making inappropriate gestures towards her, things that a 17-year-old girl shouldn't have to deal with. And she was just scared to go home at that point. In this story, the girl's mom had left when she was 11 years old. The now ex-boyfriend's kids felt like younger siblings to her, which made her feel very conflicted to ask for help. Angela had met her at a time when she finally had enough of the treatment she was receiving at home. Um, When she came to the shelter, she was very depressed. Uh, She was making suicidal statements, and I was able to get her to the shelter. Um, Luckily, we were able to get her the help that she needed, and uh, she wound up uh, getting services because we were able to advocate for her and get her into the foster care program. So yeah, she was able to benefit from that later. Um, I actually saw her about six months later. Yeah, and she was doing very well. Wow. Yeah. What what changed for her? What, um, what services did, did the shelter provide or, or that you were able to help her with? I think the shelter staff built that relationship with her. She was very distant when she first came into the shelter. But she was such a sweet kid, I mean. So I think the shelter staff just took that time to get to know her, to build that relationship and that trust with her. Um, and she she responded to that well. Um, I think she hadn't had a lot of caring for her because she had always been the caretaker in her in her situation. So she resisted it at first, but I think she eventually accepted it and she started to flourish because of that. Every situation is different, but like Sharon said earlier, we do what we can to find a familiar and stable placement for a child to avoid having them go into foster care. For this 17-year-old to enter foster care, it means that Child Protective Services could not find a next-of-kin caretaker or anyone familiar to the child who is suitable for them to live with. That was the case with this young lady. So after leaving the shelter, she found stability with the foster family. Because she didn't have a parent or guardian to sign for therapeutic services, she couldn't receive any at the shelter. Fortunately, she built comforting relationships with the staff who supported her through this tough transition. 
Typically, Sharon assigns a therapist to each kid who comes to stay at the shelter. The therapist helps them cope with what they're feeling and experiencing. And so they work with a therapist um, for to process their trauma, process their family conflict. But the great thing is that therapist actually reaches out to the family and works with the family as a whole. And they come up with a long-term plan, right? And the goal is for them to not live at the shelter and grow up here, but mm-hmm. it's to go back to their families or go back to a better placement, a better living situation, whether it be placed with other families or um, a place where they're able to be safe if home is not a safe place, right? right? If they have an abusive parent or um, just a person that they're living with if they're homeless so that I think is a really great piece that our therapists play um, at the shelter with our community kids um, and their families so it's really holistic care it's Mm -hmm. not just about the child but it's how can we help this family stay together um, and keep this child safe if home is not the best place for them right here's a story about a kid who ran away from home and ended up finding a safe place site when things started going south and so walking into a library, you know, you have a young lady who's in, you know, she's a teenager with no shoes. She's crying with, you know, luggage and all this thing. So it's definitely a call to action whenever you see this. So when I arrived to the site, I walked in. Um, they had moved her to the back area where the staff sits and she was there just, you know, um, I walked in. She's like, you're, you're not going to call my mom, are you? You're not going to call my mom. And I was like, well, you know, let's, you know, just calm down and see what's going on. You know, just have a conversation first, you know, before I have to make any calls. Because I did have to inform her. I was like, if you do decide to come to our emergency youth shelter, then I'm going to have to call your mom. And so during the assessment, I was trying to just really figure out, you know, what brought her here. You know, she had been talking to this individual for seen uh, what she said like three or four months and she was going to live with them until she turned 18 and at that point it was just really she didn't have anyone else to go to here once that fell through so I had to just make the call and you know hey I'm going to transport you to our um, youth emergency shelter once we get there you know the staff are well trained it's a very welcome um, environment you can ask any question that you want, just really trying to help her at ease because she's in a new place, a new environment. And, you know, the reason why she here, she's here is no longer that case. So she's completely scared, not knowing what to do. So when we contacted her mom, her mom didn't even know she was gone. And so apparently she had been gone for three or four days and mom had been working with local authority from where they're from, trying to locate her and not knowing that she was in a whole nother state. So getting a hold of mom, mom was really, really grateful. She worked with the team, the clinical team um, with Sharon and everyone at the shelter just to be able to, you know, keep eyes on her and just make sure that she was safe. And through it all, mom was here within 48 hours. Um, She caught the nearest flight and was here and was able to thank Safe Place and as well as the youth shelter Um, just on keeping her safe and just knowing that we were here in the time of her need. Um, In that situation, it was just really, it was was really rewarding just to know that we were able to reconnect a worried mother with her child and just really get them the help that they need because now mom is aware of some of the things that may have been in place or been happening with her daughter that she didn't necessarily know about. So that was a beautiful situation just to be a part of. If crisis intervention services like Safe Place and the shelter were not involved, we don't like to think what could have happened to this girl. With the rise of human trafficking and sex trafficking, if 
she wasn't able to get away. That very much could have been that situation just because of the distance that she had traveled and in the manner and she was communicating with the individual, um, didn't really have a name, wouldn't give up like a location, um, nothing for us to really go off of as far as who she had been in contact with. And um, everything was very vague. It was just like, oh, well, you know, I just can't go there or it's not safe. And that's kind of where she just, all of her answers were geared around. So if she hadn't been able to get away from that situation, it definitely could have drastically changed the scenario and the conversation because human trafficking is very one, very much one of those, you have to be aware and what to look for. And with me being um, newer to this role, I'm definitely going from educating the team to working with other organizations that that is their focus to make sure that we're aware of that. Because that was a situation that really concerned me because if it was human trafficking, I wouldn't have known what the signs were because they don't look like what it looks like for child abuse or neglect or you know mental or emotional um, abuse. So it, it was a different realm that I had really needed to educate myself on. Human trafficking is an issue everywhere. It doesn't discriminate, and we see it in our community too. It's so essential to support those who it affects on all fronts, which is why Safe Place's ties with local law enforcement, schools, and certified locations are so important. What is the relationship like between Safe Place and Fort Worth PD? Why would it be important? Fort Worth uh, Police Department, they have their own human trafficking division as well. That just is a perfect union for us with Safe Place, with the shelter, um, and with the human trafficking division. So yeah, it's definitely important to keep relationships like that because the more relationships we build, you know, every string we build is going to build a web, mm -hmm. and th this you know web or net is what's going to catch these kids. If we start cutting those ties, then eventually, what are they going to do? Is and fall through like a basketball, right? Yeah, that's. I've never thought about that way. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Here are a few words from Tarrant County Sheriff Bill Wayborn. This audio is from a news article video clip recently published by the Star-Telegram. Often when I talk to people about human trafficking, they say, well, you know, what exotic country are these people coming from? Well, the message here today is the majority of it, I mean the majority, 95 plus percent of it's going to be right here from our greater Tarrant County area. These are where these victims are coming from. They are here, right here and now. Often, they are our forgotten children who are trying to find something that they can belong to. And a trafficker out there is willing to give them that. What we need to do as a community, and we cannot do it without your help and the collaborative effort of all of our corporate partners and friends and 501Cs, we have got to Get out there, and if we see something, really report it. Take it serious. If you see children and, and young people that don't fit with what who they're with, if it is if it's oddly going on, don't be afraid to call us and at least give us an idea of where they're at and what they're doing. But we need everybody involved if we're going to take this scourge and run it out of the greater Tarrant County area. we got great partnerships with all of law enforcement and the DA's office in Tarrant County. And if you are a trafficker, hear me clear, we're coming for you. There are over 300,000 people being trafficked in Texas alone. 79,000 are children. This is happening in our country, state, and in our county. 
That's why a national program like Safe Place is so important to have in Tarrant County and why ACH administers it locally. A lot of um, youth don't have anyone to lean on um, besides their parents. And if their parents are the source of um, the bad situation or whatever they're in, then this is an outlet for them to seek safety and to have a supportive system, um, whether that's through the agency, through community partners, um, counseling services, where that connective tissue for them to be able to rebuild what is lost for them. The more we talk to program staff, the more we find that empowering youth with resources is a common theme. We'll be hearing more from them soon and the youth they've helped along the way. Do you feel that ACH has given you not necessarily another family, but a family setting to to have that you might have been missing before? Yeah, um, I think that that's a that's a big role that that personally played for me being over here that just got me through being in the shelter was always having people that I'm comfortable to talk with, whether it be other people living at the shelter or at the house um, or whether it be staff. You have somebody that, you know, you talk with, you can share your personal problems with and they can help you. Then that creates that, that bond right there. So. Keep up with ACH on social media to learn more about us and what we're doing to help with issues affecting our community. We encourage you to like and share our posts, and you can find our social media handles in the show notes. If you like what you're hearing, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. I'm Austin Proctor. Community Conversations is a podcast brought to you by ACH Child and Family Services. Written, edited, and produced by Kristen Victorin. Special thanks to producer Stephanie Molina, Sheriff Wayborn, and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And of course, thanks to TJ, Angela, and Sharon for sharing their stories and insight. You can advocate for the children in our community by telling a friend about this podcast. We'll catch you next time on Community Conversations.